Good evening. It's Monday, the 11th of December. It's, uh, what time is it? It's, I can't see. I need my glasses these, these days. It's 19.04 and I'm here at home and uh, I've arranged a chat with another gutsy woman. And I'm really pleased that tonight I've got Louise Collins from Liberty Tactics with me. Lou, thank you for joining me. Hello, Brian. It's just like old times. I know. Well, look, let's shock the let's shock the uh, listeners a little bit. How long is it that we've known each other now? I started with the column in twenty eleven. Was it really twenty eleven? Twenty eleven. So it's a long time. It's yeah. a long time. Twelve years. Twelve coming thirteen years, I suppose. And you, right? you you've been doing years. a lot of things. Lou, and you're still here. You're one of the fighters, which is why I wanted to get you into this little series that I'm doing on gutsy women, because I think you are gutsy. And um, so I thought it would be really good if we had a chat, because there's a lot to talk about. We've covered a lot of ground together. But I wonder whether you would, just to start off, share with the audience a little bit about yourself, because Am I right? When I first met you, you were already established with, um, was it Dartington Radio? Is that what it was called? Found up. Well, I wouldn't say I was established. I had this huge awakening in 2008 and I just went full force down the rabbit hole. And I came across, um, it was Sky Channel 200, was it? Sky Channel 200, controversial TV. And I was watching this presentation, this esoterical presentation with a gentleman. I thought, this is great. Wait until the end. His name was Ian R. Crane. So I just started linking with a few people. You know, I just I joined Facebook for that reason. And somebody mentioned this Ian R. Crane lives in Devon. So I hunted him down and we met for coffee and we started talking. At the time, I was doing a business course and... Um, they said to me on the course, why are you going to be doing this when you've got this passion? Why don't you start a blog and take this further? And I said, oh, no, I'm no writer. And I don't like speaking in front of people. Anyway, move on out of the blue. I had a call from somebody who was on the course to say there's a radio slot going at Sound Art. And I'm like, I'm nowhere near ready for this. I've never done. And the first show was just. I'm, I don't. I don't know where it is, and I hope it never surfaces. It was well. So hang bad. on. A, hang on a minute. Don't don't push it into the bin that quickly. So just to just to get this out into the open. So you you were doing a course. Somebody says that Sound Art's got a slot, and Sound Art was 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 an FM channel just outside. It was an FM all around South Devon. So um, it, it went down as near as Plymouth and up towards Exeter. Yeah. So so it's an FM show. So people could be sitting in their, you know, this show, you weren't preaching to the converted. And I was so new at all of this. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing. But then I met Ian Crane and I told Ian Crane what I was doing. And he decided he said he would come on the show. And that's what kind of started getting it moving. He then offered me a job on the side because Edge Media was going to get taken down, did I want to bring in the advertising for Edge Media and earn a little bit of commission because they were trying to save it because they were taking it down? So that's what I did. I did that and I did the radio shows. And then um, 
I said to, I'd been watching Bill Maloney's and my thought when I started seeing the sun, sea and Satan and some of it like, how does this guy sleep? How can you deal with this children issue day in and day out? It's horrendous. So I turned to Ian one day and I said, why isn't Bill Maloney on Edge Media? He said, if you can get Bill Maloney, then do it. So that was my mission. And I did. I met with Bill and they were sorting stuff out between him and Ian. And then there was the Edge Media Christmas party in 2010. And myself and others were all invited up there. And um, it was a bit of drama because the host of the show decided to dress Jimmy Savile. And um, this Jimmy Savile hadn't been exposed at that point. Yeah, just put that and in the right the... context, I think, for the audience. So the person um, hadn't, he wasn't really up to speed with the rumours that were beginning to surface at that no. stage. And so he, he adopted the Jimmy Savile persona as, I'll fix it for you. So he did it. Yeah really with a heuristic he had absolutely no idea because it wasn't out there about jimmy savile it was just rumors within you know the people who focusing on the children so that was a bit of a drama then i met mr brian garish and i invited him on my show and i remember i remember doing that uh, lou i remember coming along to dartington and and uh coming into into the your uh, radio studio set up, which was which was also very new for me to see that sort of thing, and and we did an interview, and it went crazy. It went crazy. I think we were focusing a lot on the Holly Gregg issue. Uh, we talked quite a bit about Robert Green, and it went crazy. Yeah. Now there's and there's then- a funny thing, Lou, because this morning I I was sifting through some emails looking for that particular email which i didn't find but up popped an email from robert green from 2018 in which he was he was basically talking about blackmail in political systems in the political system and saying that an an mp who'd offered to help robert in his campaign to get justice for the down syndrome girl holly gregg the MP had been warned off by his colleagues who said to him, well, you've had a little bit of an indiscretion. I think he'd had an affair. I think that's what it was. You've had a bit of an indiscretion. And these things can be really bad when they come out. I mean, they can affect your wife badly and your family. And, um, you know, but but if you don't, you don't have to do anything. If you don't help Robert Green, then probably everybody's going to be happy. So that was the email I found this morning. And to me, what an amazing man Robert Green was because he stuck with that girl and he stuck with the story and he tried to get justice for her. And he went in prison for it and he, and he ended up for it. Your um, sound art radio, it took off for you and, and you got more and more listeners. Yes. That should have generated for you bigger things but how did the local radio station react when you started to talk about some controversial stuff it did did because i came down to help at the uk column and i thought we're just helping and then all of a sudden i after the robert green interview i was trolled i had no idea what i was getting into i was so so green at all of this i had no idea you know i interviewed robert green and i thought 
you know, the whole idea was if my daughter came to me and said she'd had shocking things done to her, I would want the police to investigate. We had mentioned no names. Well, the attack was full force and it it frightened the life out of me. I, I didn't understand. And I can always remember you always saying to me, you know, you're over the target, don't, don't get involved, but you couldn't help it. And oh, it was horrible. And the show went on for years. I was doing the column and on a Monday I would I would do the sound art show. And uh, then one day, I think it was Max Egan I had on. And we're talking all about different subjects. And um, I think the Pride event had gone on in Top Ness and there was banners up all over the town, bridges, not borders, uh, just all, all, all the nonsense um, of the progressive left going on. And we were talking about that. And then I was due to go for my show the following week. And I got a phone call for the guys who run it and said, I'm too dangerous to have on air and that I would need somebody in the studio with me all the time to monitor what I'm saying. Now, apparently people had actually emailed in saying how good my show was, but three top Ness uh, people had phoned in complaining and I basically got kicked off. I got kicked off sound art. Because it is incredible, isn't it? Because it wasn't as if you were there and you'd been mediocre you'd been there and you'd built up an audience and people were paying Huge attention to the taken down we'd get taken down at 10 10 to 11 and the guys used to go i don't believe this you know we had ike on the show we had some really really big name people come on that show um and um yeah then it was the column and then things got too much for me you know i, I went into this i wanted to change the world because my children um my kids, you know, were missing out and everything. And I needed to get a proper job because I couldn't earn enough money. And uh, now here they are. They're 20, they're 22 and Jack's now 18. And Jack used to be a little primary school kid that I used to sometimes bring down to the column. So, uh, you know, I just needed to have a break because dealing with the subjects that I never imagined I would deal with after saying about Bill, how did he sleep? You know, I'm... I'm full on anyway. Some of the cases that used to come into the column were were horrific. And I remember one Pacific case, she said, I wouldn't read that because, you know, and, and I didn't, thankfully. Um, yeah, but which we just had a bit more for, you know, for listeners. Um, so I'll, I'll say for me, I'd been approached by a lady from South Wales who talked to me about what happened with her daughter when the daughter was sick and she tried to get a diagnosis for her the lady's name was Linda. And she'd said to me over the phone that I couldn't get a diagnosis for my daughter. She was in a lot of pain and then social services got involved and they tried to tell me that I was making it up. I was suffering from Munchausen by proxy. So I, I was getting pleasure out of living a life where I was saying that my daughter was unwell, but she was really unwell and in a lot of pain. And that mother eventually went to Florida in America and got a, a proper diagnosis from that American hospital. And her daughter had Zollinger's disease, which is multiple ulceration of the gut. Uh, but social services from Neath Tal Port Talbot took her from the hospital in Florida, flew her back to UK on a false passport. All of this was proven to me by the documents and the court documents that the mum showed me. And that 
was the first case for me where I started to understand some of the horrors going on in the family court system. Uh, and the next thing, just to join it together with you, Ian Crane invited me to do a talk on what was happening to children at a hotel up in the centre of Bristol. I think that was two, 2000 and... I think that was 2010, 2010, 2011. Yeah, I gave the talk. It was called Child Stealing by the State. And then what I say is my life was never the same again because I was contacted by so many people talking about their stories. And those calls used to come into the column and you you took many of them. And my goodness, what a, what a shock from the, for the average person. You think you know the country you live in. You think you understand the justice system. You think that... Um, social services there to help families and then suddenly these incredible and often very harrowing stories come in and you were hit by a lot of those but you you were very good at dealing with the family yeah, it was Lou. it was it was there wasn't enough people to help i'm this is this what these people are going through is horrific and all you can do is sit there and listen you know and try and think of who we can get these people in touch with and and what we can do and it was heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. But we had some good times. We did. We did. Yeah, and we stuck with some yeah. of those people. We we were able to help them by virtue of the fact that when they told us what had happened, we didn't run away. We didn't dismiss them. That was one of the horrible things that used to happen. People said, oh, this can't possibly be true. So we listened to them. And a lot of... A lot of people who've been through bad times with the family system and social services have, have said to me that the fact that you and the rest of the team listened um, was a really important yeah. thing for them. It was just it was frustrating because there weren't enough people around and who can who can help these people you know and you just wanted to help everybody but it was it was chaos in the office at times. I mean there was myself and you and Mike. And Kate and Carol, and it would be just the phones going off the hook, and you were still doing the paper at that time. And we were in those little offices, but we had some good times. Bilderberg was a huge success. We, you know, we went as Liberty Tactics and or and UK column, and we all smashed that. No, that was Watford, my hometown, and um, that was that was such a successful event. I mean, all of us were there from morning to eight o'clock at night. Nobody else was. We 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 got most of the photos out. It was a very very good event. That you know, it was a disappointing that the yeah. Sunday had to be turned into some sort of circus when the focus should have been on what was going on in that building. But it, it is what it is. But they, they you know we had some very good successful outings and talks and we had some very good times. I met some amazing. People. So we did meet some amazing people. Lou, you, you've done all this as a single mum and you, you've had to look after the children and run a house and try and earn money and things. And that's that's a lot of pressure for any woman. What what do you think that you've got that's kept you fighting? Well, it's children. There are children out there being trafficked, being abused in the most horrendous ways. And, you know, these things that people say aren't real, these um certain cult cult rituals etc 
they're very real. And I've seen and read things that no person should read about what goes on with these children. And I don't, I, I don't understand how, I know it's an uncomfortable subject for people to talk about. It's not like dinner time conversation, but the reason why this problem, I think, is still going on because there aren't enough people talking about. Yes, it's horrible, but it's nothing to pay compared to what those kids are going through, you know. And that's that's what keeps me going. There isn't. It has to stop. And I'm and like the mums of Wales, they're going to die on that hill, you know, protecting the children. And now because of them, you know, it all makes so much sense. This whole agenda. I mean, we knew it was coming, but. What's gone on in the last three years is full force, absolutely full force. Yeah, and and I certainly sense, and I know you do, and a lot of other people we talk to, sense that within the system, and what do I mean by the system? Well, it's it's our government system. It's It's through the local authorities. It's through the education system. But there's somebody targeting children. There, there's somebody who is targeting targeting our children with a malevolent intent they they are keeping children ignorant in the quality of the or via the quality of the education that's one way you can look at it but clearly on sexual matters they're targeting young children i can remember doing a show at the column with you and we were covering a story where a, a young boy had sexually abused sexually assaulted a young girl and yes, people will blame the internet and people's access to internet, but that's when it, the education was kind of steep, you know, they were they were pushing it. It was on the edges that they're learning about this stuff too young. Maybe this could have something. Why do they need, why do they need these thoughts in their head? Let them get to puberty, you know? It's, it's, it's crazy. But from all of this, from this journey, I ended up finding my faith, which is amazing uh, because, you know, Satan is real and it's terrible to think there are a lot of people who don't believe in the new ages. They fully believe in Satan, but they won't accept Christ, which is a bit of an insult, really. And it's a bit wrong if you're prepared to accept Satan. So I found my faith. So I'm still learning. I can't be challenged on it. I don't that, feel I'm I'm up on it. But, yeah, I found my faith. That, that was a that was a big step for you, Lou, and I was talking to you at the time when you were leading up to make that big, big decision. And um, you you were baptised and you are now a born-again Christian. And do you feel that that's given you extra strength to stand up against some of these horrible things that you see? One million percent. Definitely. Absolutely. We are living... I love the, I do read the Bible and I also listen to the audio Bible and I listen to people breaking stuff down. And what I realise is great, it's got everything in it. I mean, when I was at, I was at a private all girls Catholic school and it was, you'd have your RE lessons with the nuns and, you know, we would just be giggling. We weren't paying attention. The thou though, nothing went in. But now it's the greatest book in the world. It's got everything. And it just all clicked together and it made sense. And the times we are living at Sodom and Gomorrah, hello. That's where we are right now. And it's it's everything's in it. There's every answer to everything you can find there. And it's a prophetic book as well. It's the most interesting subject. 
But I, I've just found it fascinating that over the last couple of years in particular, you can go to public events and you're, you're meeting people and you've got the opportunity to talk to them face to face. And the number of people that are clearly searching for answers and a question which I, I've, I've talked about this quite a lot, but it's it's still relevant that people sort of say to you very, very carefully that, you know, well, there's all this horrible politics going on. Do you think there's more to it than politics? And my answer was always yes. And then if they say, well, what do you think? And I say, well, it's ultimately it's a spiritual battle. For me, more and more and more people have got hungry for knowledge about what's really happening. And whereas if we could, if we go back, let's go back 15 years. If you tried to talk to people about this, the walls would go up, the shutters would come down. They didn't want to engage with, with, with anything that they thought was, they could be as hard as saying preaching, but they just didn't want to know. Now, I sense that a lot of people are hungry for answers in this this area. They're looking for spiritual understanding and and answers to what's really going on in the world. I had um, I've had two very big American prophets come on the show: Julie Green and the lovely Deborah Williams, who I speak to regularly, and we've become very close. And God sorted out the interview with me and General Flynn, like little Lou Collins interviews general flynn i mean i i it was it was ridiculous but that was all down to that was god did that 100 percent like i woke up in the morning and i had just a voice give him a nudge give him a nudge because i was thinking i wonder if i've heard back from them because i managed to dig out an email address from general Flynn from a company that he was used to direct and the email worked and he got back to me and he was delighted he would love to come on the show and deal with his son. So I never got an email back after a week. And something told me in the in the middle of the night to, to message, just give him a nudge. And I said, look, I don't mean to, to hassle you, but I've just been woken up. And God's told me I've just got to give you a nudge. So I have to do what the Lord says. God bless you. I really hope you get this. Kindest regards, Lou Collins. And then a few hours later, I had a return, pick a day. And he was only supposed to stay for half an hour and he stayed for one hour and seven minutes that was that was amazing but nobody saw it yeah because because of the censorship well we can we we can get on to the the subject of the censorship but yeah this is the way it works isn't it when you start to go down this path and can you have a conversation with god i think you can god can certainly talk to you in ways that are very unexpected and they bring you down to earth yeah. pretty quickly. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Absolutely. We've, we've got quite a lot of UK column people that have asked us to talk more in this subject. And I've promised them that we will do this. Um, I know Alex Thompson is very keen to engage in this area more. And so I think for 2024, we're certainly going to be having a look at what's we think is happening in in spiritual terms and why people need to get right with God. But when you start on the path for truth, it will one day only lead one way to the truth, the light and the way it will. I really believe that when you start down the rabbit hole. Yes, I know. I was one of the like 
get kundalini yoga and plant medicines and you know we are one and but I got there eventually but it was all part of my journey but when you start on the path for truth it will eventually only lead you down to one path I really believe that and I've seen a lot of people since I've been baptized other colleagues of mine have also started getting interested and asking questions and realizing wow this makes so much sense and Lou, how have you found people have reacted to you when you say now that you're a committed Christian? Various. Some people are, are delighted. Other people have just fled. And I don't really hear from them. Um, it, it's been a varied response. You know, the, the Christian people I've had. I'm really lucky. I've made some amazing connections, mainly with American, actually, Christians, um, all born again Christians. And they have really, really helped me. and. Um, They'll just phone in and check in, I'm okay. And they'll answer questions that I'm asking. And I've got the lovely daisies always at the end of the phone as well, who baptise me. Um, so it, it's been a mixture, really, a mixture. They've either fled or been supportive. No around. Some people don't even believe it. So, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm still, I'm still you know, I'm still messing up and... You know, it's it's a work, I'm a work in progress at the moment, Brian. Yeah, but you're a very brave lady, Lou, you know, and that's why I've got you here as a gutsy lady, because you're absolutely self-made and you've gone through all the things that you've gone through. You've stuck with it. You've learned some amazing things. You've shared a lot of tremendous information with people and you've had to endure some pretty horrific pushback censorship we'll come on to in a minute but you've endured all this now you've got some strength of faith but you've been a tough cookie and i think you should be proud of it i just wasn't expecting it i went into this so naive you know i was i was doing admin work i taught kids how to ride horses because that's like my background where i grew up around never any idea of doing this never and i still don't like speaking in public i just see people and i just fumble my words and I don't like it um I like doing my shows the research I think they're very important um but it's been really tough I'm I'm unemployable I was trying to find some work through COVID obviously never put a mask on my face never stuck a stick up my nose not once uh, even walked around the stickers on the wrong way around in the supermarket what rebel and always paid in cash um but I'm basically the agency I've never gone for a job interview and not got a job in the past never so I was going to these jobs no no and then the girl at the agency said she said I shouldn't really say this but it's it's your social media profile you're um you're unemployable with your um far right opinions so uh that was it really and then covid we had really bad time at the, the start of that nonsense I was working, the person I was working for didn't pay me any um, any furlough. And I was, me and Jack were living on about £40 a week for a few weeks. And then out of the blue, Clive DeCarl just phoned up to see how I was. And I just, oh, just broke. I was broken. Stuck here, just in the middle of nowhere where nobody really liked me because I said about how did the dancing nurses have the time and people from the village just, Wow the turnaround that was amazing 
And Clive to Carl literally said, right, you're coming to work for me. Go and get organic food, get everything that you and need, Jack need. You're coming to work for me. So he literally saved my life. Put that in context for people. Clive to Carl, if you don't know who Clive to Carl is, you go to clivedecarl.com or just search who he is. He is a natural health master. I'm not going to say doctor. He is a master. He, the people that I have seen cured, taken off pharmaceutical medications, turned their lives around. I mean, I'm prime example. Like, I mean, he's just, he's amazing. And he's so kind. And um, he literally did. And everything, I don't, I, I used to be heavily asthmatic. I used to have the flu jab pre-waking up. I'd be hospitalised with tubes down my throat. And uh, when I had my awakening, I chucked every medication. They gave me Prozac for the baby blues. So I chucked everything away all in one day. Still wasn't properly eating right. And then I met Clive and, well, that was it. And he's taught me so much that I can help. Richard Vobes was ill, actually, at the weekend. And um, I spent the whole probably Saturday night phoning around trying to get him medicines, ended up speaking to a random lady who lived in Worthing who happened to have colloidal silver. So, I, I'm, you know, he's really taught me a lot and he's such a kind person and his knowledge, it's, it's amazing. So, yeah, Clive, um, Clive rescued me and then we move on and I have a friend on Facebook, I decided I was going to launch, relaunch Liberty Tactics because I've been off a while I thought, let's do it. And it was coming up to the presidential election, 20, about, it was probably about 2018, something like that. No, it wasn't, it was 2016, sorry. And um, we decided to launch, relaunch Liberty Tactics. And a friend who was actually at Bilderberg with us, Rick, he decided to come on board and be the producer and Liberty Tactics came back. And say, we interviewed General Flynn, so many big names it was unbelievable we had some really really good shows and um yeah there we are and then out of the blue a friend on facebook contacted me and said lou i want to hook you up with Catherine. she's doing amazing work and it's what's going into the schools so Catherine and i spoke and we hit it off immediately her knowledge was incredible you know i was giving her information about stuff she was giving to me she told me about what was going on in wales so we started doing a series of shows. Then I spoke to Kimberly. Wow. Kimberly Isherwood, Public Child Protect. She is, she's such an inspiration and a breath of fresh air. And she made me, right, that's it. Everything is going into this subject. What is going, there is no time. You know, they, they're going to bring this in. There is no time we have. This is this is what I need to focus on right now. That's what I did. And and you did a huge, huge amount of work with Public Child Protection Wales. Yeah, I think it's about 36 grand for them, I think, in the end. And I, I spoke to Kim Isherwood at the weekend. In fact, I did a gutsy woman interview with her and uh, she specifically mentioned you and specifically said that you know in the beginning they weren't too sure how they were going to be able to do things because everything you want to do costs and then you and other people got on board and um i also say that uk column um gave kimberly and pcp some exposure 
and that ultimately helped some money come into their fighting fund. But you, you, you contacted you, said, had you heard of them? You need to see this. Sent it to you, got you on the phone with Kimberly. And um, we then decided how can we, you know, what can we actually do? So we organized the first podcast-a-thon. And a friend of mine who has a record recording studios offered us the studios to record in. We were going to go 36 hours. And it was a huge success. We we had a bit of a breakdown, myself and Catherine, after hour 25, I think, where we were just a bit delirious. But it was a huge success. And then we continued to do another two, one in Devon, and then the last one was down in Cardiff. And that that's another tremendous flag for you isn't it that you you said come on let's do something about it and you set that up and you brought a lot of money into them and that has kept their initiative going for that group of mums and some men um who who have said no we're not going to sit back and allow our children to be sexualized so your effort as a single mum yourself with a lot of other things going on made a huge difference to them and what am I thinking? I'm thinking, hmm, we've got another woman here who stood up to be counted because I'm being a bit tough on the blokes at the moment. Um, yes, there are a lot of men out there doing some things, but there are a lot of there are a lot of men out there who are not doing things and they're hiding in the shadows and they're letting women stand up to fight the battle. And I want to say to them, as not a big bloke myself, get your backsides out the shadows and start getting your faces above the parapet so that we've got some real strength in the movement to deal with these horrors that are attacking us and our children and the elderly yeah. people. Honestly, when we were doing these podcast-a-thons, I just said, can you actually believe that we are having to sit here and beg people and stay up 36 hours to try and wear, raise awareness of this subject. You know, I know it wasn't put out. I know people were having trouble getting lesson plans. They still are. Um, but my question is, there's been enough now about RSE in the papers about what's going on. I don't understand where fathers are. You're handing your most precious thing, as, as young as three, handing your child over to a person, telling your child that they have to be good, listen to what your teacher says, do as you're told, love you, off you go. And once in that classroom, that child is being exposed to the most horrific, almost pornographic material. Then coming home, they can't tie their shoes, but they can be, they can choose their gender. I mean, the insanity and what is so sad is we saw it coming years ago with what was going on in universities I can remember you and I talking about it probably back in 2012 saying that what are coming out of universities now has got this progressive this promotion of um, homosexuality LGBTQ and we said that and it's here and those students are now in the classroom pushing this nonsense down to your kids and you can't say anything because the police will come knocking at your door for being homophobic there is no need for our children to know this and I know why they're doing it now for to the younger ones because some of the older kids aren't putting up with it 
I think it was Turning Point UK put out an audio of a school in Suffolk or Essex where a teacher's having a go at a pupil because somebody's saying that they, they identify as a cat and this girl was saying, no, you don't. There's two genders and a teacher is screaming at this girl saying, how dare you be so rude? You're disgusting. What you're saying, there's only two genders. She goes, yes, miss, there's two genders. So they're shoving it into these little kids when they don't know anything. I mean, and their minds suck it in like a sponge. Uh, it, it's, it's criminal. Yep. And, and then they've got adult entertainers, men dressed up as prostitutes going into into libraries and then we find out about the Ader HD promoting a paedophile drag queen who got murdered in Cardiff and ADHD is sharing the fundraiser on the actual ADHD page. Well I'm stuttering here because I'm in I deal with this subject and other subjects and I have done for a long time but you still get to a point where you just don't know what to say in order to try and you know get across to an audience are you aware what's actually happening do you understand what is actually being done fathers should be at those gates like i want to see the lesson content and the fact that you can't remove your child from the lessons where it's going to be a whole school approach this is dangerous they are making our children stupid they are sexualizing them they are make they are making children believe that men can have babies they they're doing this transition to little kids with no with no counseling years ago before i worked at the column when i was expecting jack i needed i did a little bit of home care and i had to go round to somebody who was on the mental health list who it was a 50-year-old bloke, if it was a woman, you know, and the long hair looked like it was a bloke. But he was waiting, he'd been waiting five years to even start the hormone replacement stuff. He had to go through all of this counselling because it was classed as mental health. And now look, look at what is going. Oh, it's 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 a really dark agenda that is playing out right now and it's a spiritual agenda and people have got to be wake up quick and i know i've fallen out with a lot of people because i felt the truth movement weren't doing enough there were no time for these kids there isn't time these their heads are being messed up every single day you know this is this is serious yeah this is this is the key point isn't it that that when the children's minds are gone, that is, that's that generation is completely captured from then on. It just gets worse and, and worse. And we've got this agenda which we can we can point a finger in the first place and say, well, this is coming through the education system in UK, and our government is allowing this to happen. But you only have to dig a bit to discover that actually, no, these policies are coming overwhelmingly yeah, from the absolutely. UN. I mean, I can remember the book when I first came to the column, you gave me rules for radicals and it's playing out. It's playing out right now. Well, yeah, Saul, Saul Saul Alinsky, who, who Barack Obama, you know, he was Barack Obama's mentor and then he dedicates the book to Lucifer. We're living in really bad times and there is going to be a change. I, I totally believe it. 
I do totally believe it. I think 2024 is going to be really rough. Yeah. I think we're going oh. to see all sorts. Yeah. But I do think Trump, when Trump comes back in, I think we're going to see a change very, very quickly. Very. Remember, they had a 16-year plan. Oh. And Trump came and put messed it up and started reversing stuff, etc. And look what's happened in these last four years at the speed they have turned this around within these last four years, Brian, it has been the absolute idiocracy of what is going on today has really been in the last four years. And I focus on America is because that's where every it, it's, it's a domino effect. It will come here. And you've got yourself and others focusing yeah. on what's going on in here on the UK. I'm focusing on America and obviously their open borders with the kids and everything else, you know, that, that's something I follow. And obviously the Epstein thing, which I've been sort of like down rabbit holes now for, for years, even before his last arrest. I remember us talking about it back in 2011. Yeah. And all the pieces have come together over that, that we seem to have a lot of, you know, we have people at very high level in politics in countries around the world who have clearly been engaged in some very, very unsavoury stuff, much of it. Connected with children. Everything that we were saying back on Liberty Tactics and the shows about the people involved, and we were told we were idiots, and my shows were being blocked, they were taken down on Facebook. I was, do you know, one year I had I had seven 30-day bans in one year on Facebook. Because we and every single thing that we put out is it's there it's coming out it's there we were right all along all everything that we were putting out back then was spot on spot on and were you were you thrown off youtube as well yeah years and years ago years and years ago yeah. uh thrown off paypal we were thrown off paypal um i had weird thing my bank got frozen one day out of the blue the same day i got a, my bank got frozen and I couldn't get it out. So I found, oh, it's frozen. Why is it frozen? Oh, we're legally obliged to check into people's accounts. There's a hundred quid in it. Who's telling you? Who are you obliged to? It's my money that you're looking after and charging me to look after. Who? Tell me who. And the girl at the end of the phone, she couldn't answer the question. And then I got a letter that same day um, threatening for me to be um, be evicted because the, the, I had to claim housing benefit during COVID and they pay a month in arrears. So they put me in arrears and I was trying to clean it, clear it up a little bit each month, which I was doing. And then they came at me for that. And then what was the other thing? There, was, there were three things that happened. Oh, my doctor phoned me up out the blue and said he'd no longer be able to prescribe me asthma inhalers because um, I was a safeguarding issue because I don't follow the NHS guidelines for asthmatic. That all happened one day. As you're talking through this stuff, uh, Lou, to me, you know, this is the reality of where this country has got. It's not en route to this. It's got here where we're being dictated to by the NHS. Your GP is telling you what you can and can't do. Um we, we can't protect children in schools from people who want to sexually groom them, but you can have your GP phoning you up and saying what he is and isn't going to give you because of the policy which is coming through the NHS. And I, I, I still 
look out the window and I see people going past my house or people going past the UK column and you you want to open the window and shout, yeah. wake up, because this stuff is coming in so quickly now. But I just push the point that the policy that we see, things that you're describing happening here in UK, but they're happening in other European countries. They're happening in America. So we are seeing more and more clearly that these these draconian policies, which are, I think, driving the world into a police state, these policies are being enacted in many, many different countries simultaneously. And that tells you that the power base is beyond the nation state. This is a the global the power base. Undocumented. Now, down here in Devon, hand on my heart, I have not seen one family of immigrants down here. What I've seen is adult men, but probably between the ages of 20 and 40. There was one day I'd gone into paint and which has just been destroyed. It's, it's tragic to think what Torbay used to be. Um, and it is now, but that's another story. Um, I'd got out and there's a guy who sits out the shop with his Jack Russell veteran. And I'd always go in and I'd get him a coffee and a pasty. And he's out there. And in front of me, there are these three big guys, foreign. Um, apparently they were from Georgia. And they were in there with their mobile phones that they'd been given, asking them how they top them up. Meanwhile, we've got a British veteran sitting outside and they're decked up in Nike and Adidas. And that's expensive gear. They're absolutely decked out in it. And um, they're all being put up at the, the really fancy Palace Hotel where they get their three meals a night, three meals a day, heat, everything that they want. And we have a British veteran sitting outside the street with nothing. This is a, we're being invaded. They're, I don't, they don't like us. They don't want us. They just want this global, one global government with mixed races, this diversity. And they don't want your everyday person who just wants to get on with their lives, be left alone, bring up their children and just exist and have a happy life. They, they are doing, it's a total attack on humanity. That's what it is. Because these people, they're not humans. They're, they're not I absolutely agree with that. Um, we, we've got people operating at a global level through the World Economic Forum or these these very big think tanks, even the G7 and all that series, we, we've got, you know, people who are planning for what should happen to the world. They're not going to consult ordinary people. Davos, we've had Keir Starmer say, well, I'd rather be at Davos than in Westminster because in Davos I can get things done. It's just he's not bothering to tell the UK public what sort of things he wants to get done. And just to answer you on the, the subject of the um, immigration and the migration, of course, it was Sir Peter Sutherland who died a couple of years ago, I think it was. But in his heyday, he was um, minister, uh, he was uh, ambassador for migration in the UN. And he's on public record as saying that basically we need, we, he's talking about him and his chums, we need more mass migration in order to break down the homogeneity of European nation states. 
So he was saying very clearly that migration was going to be used as a weapon to destroy the base of nation states, the sovereignty of nation states in Europe, and indeed further afield. And so we've got the veteran you're describing on the doorstep. He's suffering. You've got the men. Where should those big men be? They should be in their own country, supporting their own families and looking after their nation state. But they've been forced out of their own country or enticed out. And everywhere we see this this suffering. Well, are these people military? Are these people, you know, a, a, a military force coming in? I just want to just go back to, you know, we were saying everything's collapsing. In Torquay, which used to be famous for ballroom dancing, it was known as the English Riviera. Torquay, on the high street, just off the high street at the back where there's a little walkway where people park their cars, there is a, a swingers club. That is open 24 hours a day. Down the side of the swingers club, there's a stairway that the kids go down to cross to go to the school on the other side of the high street. There's no mainstream shops anymore. Pop-up charity shops everywhere. You have got heroin addicts or junkies in broad daylight down the, some other little side roads doing their business. It's, it's horrific. It's absolutely, it's shocking. When you think of what Torquay used to be like, so they have absolutely destroyed it absolutely it's tragic i mean who council leaders these people need to go they've destroyed it but one of the things that i feel i always need to say is but we've allowed it to happen because if enough people had stood up and say no no you don't this is not going to happen it wouldn't have happened but too many people including i'm going to say myself many years ago because i wasn't seeing things properly and i certainly wasn't thinking about things properly we we said nothing and we let it happen all i keep saying to people and i keep asking i want to get it i will get it set up as soon as rick can spare some time we've got an election coming up now unfortunately at this point in time we vote to see who's going to represent us I'm asking everybody, pick up the phone and ask your MP, how do they feel about the RSE education? It's the only question you need to ask. If they support it, you know that that person representing you is saying that it's okay to groom school children as young as three and indoctrinate them into this trans agenda. And we need to really start making a little bit of a picture around the UK, in each constituent, of what MPs support this, because they're representing you. They work for you. So I'm just asking people, can you do that? And if you can do that, can you email me and let me know? Lou at libertytactics.co.uk. Let me know what your MP feels about it. I wrote to mine. He wouldn't answer the question. Never answered the question. But in other words, he did support it. He was just going along with it. But he is in Tottenham, so we have to expect that. But that's 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 the way. That's the only way we're going to change this at this current time, is to vote the people who are representing us out. That's my opinion. It's the yeah. only option we have right now. And if uh, and it all comes down to numbers, doesn't doesn't. If enough people do this, it has an impact. 
It's numbers that count. You haven't got to work too hard. You haven't got to do scary things. It's enough people standing up to say no and challenging the people that have got power to some extent in their hands. But Lou, I'm watching the clock and I got to push you here, right? You've done all you've done. You've stood up to be counted. I know you're pretty gutsy and you're not, afri not afraid to call spade a spade and to challenge people. What would you say to other women? How would you encourage other women to stand up and show Look some Look at your guts? children and your grandchildren or grandchildren or your nieces and your nephews. And if you don't stand up, it's going to fall back on them. It really will. You, Everyone has to do something. This is really, really dangerous. You know, I've dealt with the whole paedophilia issue for so many years, which I never thought I'd touch. I mean, I'd never done. I just would have people on the show and get their stories out and I'd read letters and I'd go down rabbit holes. I've never experienced anything abusive ever. And it's we've got what kind of a society are we if we can't look after our most precious? And this is happening every single day. Every single day. Listen to some of the stories that John Wedger used to tell. Look at some of the stories that Bill Maloney would tell. I mean, this is terrific, and that's happening in our country. And now we've got illegal immigrants coming in who are, you know, there's there's been so many reports of girls being attacked and followed, and we've got to look after our children. And your motivation should be to look at your children, grandchildren, nieces and nephews, and what do you want for them for the future? Do you want them being sexualized by the age of 11, 12, by the age of nine, really. You know, is that what you want? No, I don't think so. Yeah. So that's what you've got to say to women. As a gutsy woman yourself, what have you got to say Get to up, the men? Off your backsides and support your women. Do what men are, are, are meant to be doing. They're there. They are the protectors of the family. You protect your children. They're, stand up and do something. There are some good, really, really great guys starting to wake up now. Um, Aaron and Gareth and Paul. There's so many. Jason. There's There are a lot, but there's not enough. Like, dads, get down to the schools. Ask questions. Where's the reading material coming from? You know, these reading materials that are coming into the school are from big company, big organisations that have been had money thrown them from like hedge funds and lobbying to get this agenda in. You dads, you've got to do your job. That's it. Do your job, Great. brothers. Yeah, well done, Lou. I'm going to say. Lou, I'm really pleased I met you Hi. all those years ago. I got a lot of admiration for what you've been doing. I've been really pleased. Well, I was really pleased when you said you'd come and do this interview tonight because we've oh, never God. done this together in this way before. So uh, I thought you were a prime candidate Thank as a you. gutsy woman. It's been really great. Well, you made to me you. gutsy if it and, wasn't for um, you and... Everything I've learned from you, how to read, everything I've learned from you, you and Ian, you know, and I'm really lucky. I am so lucky. I mean, who who could, who better could you have as like mentors? Brian Gerrish and Ian. Well, 
Mrs. Gerrish might have some <laughs> things to say about that one, Lou, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, Lou, it's been great talking to you. Thank yeah. you very much for coming on. This interview will go out, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Christmas period at some stage. There'll be no particular order that I put these interviews out, um, but I think it's going to be a success. I'm really pleased to give um, the ladies concerned some acknowledgement and exposure so that other people can hear what you have to say. And if it is a success, I think I'm going to keep the series going because if there's a shortage of blokes who will stand up and be counted, there doesn't seem to be a shortage of women. Let's leave it there. Lou, thank Can you. I just plug, we're not on YouTube. We are really, really censored, unbelievably. So we are on iTunes. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're on Rumble. Just check us out, libertytactics.co.uk. We're just trying to get the word out. That's all we're interested in. Yeah, that's that's absolutely fine, Lou. And if somebody, if somebody wants to support you and make a donation, how do they do that? Uh, they can go to libertytactics.co.uk. As I say, we haven't got a PayPal. There is a little buy me the coffee, or if, if anyone's generous enough, they want to donate direct to us, there is the bank account number that people can do it. But it's all about the information. That's really all it's about. You don't go into this to to earn a living as such. It's um, it's it's something embedded, I think. So, anyway. yeah. Lou, brilliant. Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you, and God bless.